0: Number four, Schwanier keeps himself on side, David Schwanier!
1: David does it again. Schwanier in the clutch. This is his end the oh. Danger's not gone, it's gorgeous.
2: It's one, two, step over
3: to round, Rama, the cross, and then, and come on! Firebeming puts
4: the deficit in half!
5: Hello and welcome to this playoff edition of this newsroom. Christian Jack, alongside Charlie O'Connor, clark on today's show. We recap both legs of the CPL semi-finals. We'll hear from all four coaches, many of the players, and of course, as usual, another return of some World Cup stickers. If you're joining us live, please put all your comments and questions in the chat. We'll also get to them over the next hour. We also have a final to preview, Charlie. That's right, next yeah. Sunday, six o'clock Eastern, live from Ottawa, live on One Soccer, Atlético Ottawa. Will take on Forge. You have just heard there the hype. Uh, credit by uh, our editor Adam Delbianco for that one, and also credit another Adam, by the way. Just listening to that, how good is Adam Jenkins? Uh, and, good and, call. It, like some great calls, uh, and uh, that that young man has some big time broadcasting awards in his future, no doubt about it. That's a brilliant call, and great to see Adam at the stadium. It just makes a massive difference when you're doing those calls from the stadium. He did a great job, uh, Charlie. You and I were separated. We will be back together this weekend, but we've been separated a lot. You've been on the Road, as of I we've been taking care of two semifinals in two different places uh but I suppose before we recap let's look ahead I guess it's the two best teams no according to the league table ahead of this final what were your overall thoughts uh coming out of the semis
2: yeah yeah the the top two teams in the regular season are the two teams in the final and there's no real arguing arguing that it's the two worthy you know advancers from those two semifinals I think they were close they all four teams were, they certainly did themselves proud for the most part. So uh, I, I think that we had two really exciting semifinals. There was no shortage of insanity and drama and <laughs> all that you really want from <laughs> right. knockout football. Yeah, And just two quality teams are going to go out in a final that's sure to be an incredible event, incredible moment for this league, I think, as well.
5: Yeah, exactly. Two, two semifinals that... By the way, kept the emotion going. Even the one we'll get to yours in a second, the second half of the show in Ottawa. But Pacific played their part, and every credit. This was not a one. Yeah. This was not done. A semi-final that was a, a rudimentary semi-final, and then of course the cavalry force one that literally took 180 minutes plus. Um. Until we knew that final whistle, that we didn't know who was going to go through, and that's all you can ask for. Um. Uh, let's bring in our guys as we recap the game in Hamilton. Mitchell Tierney, our correspondent at Campio.ca. Agr. Um, A man who goes to many games was there as well. I didn't get to see AGR. We were both in different places, but we were both in the same stadium. Alex Mitchell, great to see you, Mitch. Let's start with you. Let's roll these highlights. I guess just a special game to be at for Canadian soccer fans. And uh, great drama. One We're all pretty lucky to work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, two sides... Incapable of playing a boring game, I think. At this point, right. um, they they were, you know, very much uh, up for the drama in this one. Both sides uh, sending offs, as as you will see um, in, in short notice, and you know, a match where both game plans kind of could have gone out the window and when, uh, when the sides went down to 10 men each but I thought forge with their experience and and their tactical flexibility just kind of dealt with the the adversity a little bit better and just continued uh to overload that right flank and here's finally their moment uh they were able to to create from that with David Chouanier scoring if you're watching on the the YouTube but and then um having you know overloaded that right flank that gives them the ability to create 1v1 situations for Tristan Borges uh, down the left flank. And uh, he's able to win a penalty there that Wubens-Pasias converts. So, I mean, credit to Forge, you know, losing a very, very important player, let's not uh, forget, and their captain and the center of their midfield, Kyle Becker, they're able to recover and continue. But, you know, credit Cavalry as well. They were in it till the very end. Uh, Tommy Wilden Jr. said he maybe made some of his tactical shifts a little bit late, but... They had plenty of pressure. And like you said, uh, we did not know until that final whistle that there was going to be one more twist in a game that had a billion of them.
5: Yeah, so many great stories. I I feel like a bit of a game show host here. Our next question for you, AGR. But you know, like when you go on a game show, like, and there's there's so many different topics you can pick, and you got to pick which one. (laughs) I feel like this game had so many different major headlines. Was it Forge's Attack finally igniting? Forge showing leadership without Becker as Schwannier and Borges step up in big moments. Cavalry can't turn the screw when Forge go down to 10 and get them on the ropes. So many different things here. You pick one. What was your over? As you you took, you know, you left the steps out of Tim Horton's field last night. What was the overriding big emotion for you to take out the game?
1: Well, other than, I guess, drama and <laughs> everything that went on, it was kind of a, it was a very intriguing tactical battle, I think. That was one thing that Mitch and I had conversations about up in the press box. I just found it fascinating how both teams adjusted from the first leg. That was kind of the, the intriguing thing, how in that first leg, it was such a battle in midfield. It was so tightly contested, maybe partly due to the more congested nature of At- Atco Field. Then you come to this huge spread out Tim Hortons field and then cavalry tried to tweak things in the middle and that didn't necessarily work for them and then forge on their end Obviously, they targeted that that right-side matchup, and then they also got things done in the midfield. I think it was no coincidence, for example, that it's uh, Alessandro Hojiepapur who's p- picking that ball out from midfield to that right flank. They obviously targeted those two areas at halftime and before the game, and I just thought those sort of tactical nuances that can continue to shift, continue to adjust, is what makes these matchups so fascinating because Bobby noticed Tommy Wielden Jr., such bright soccer minds, and you can really see it every time uh, they take the field together.
5: Yeah, great point. T- Thomas in the chat said he feels like it had to be Borges and Swanier yeah, stepping up when Becker got the red card. Borges's penalty crucial moment. We're going to hear from Tristan Borges in a second, but Charlie, let's lean on you because I feel like often you're our Davish Schwannier yeah, correspondent. You've been around this <laughs> league longer than any of us. Uh, this guy, Very big what, compliment. What, what about big? What about big games? A big game moment, right? Again, and can mm-hmm. we talk about the finish because the way he wrapped his book, around it ensured it just got past Carducci some people would say Carducci perhaps should have saved it I mean he put it in a a corner where it'd be very difficult to stop and maybe just maybe I don't know if Carducci had in his mind that Schwanier scored against him at the near post uh, just a month earlier and maybe that affected his footwork as well but what about Schoenier 20 minutes to go a nil-nil game chance to go in the final and he puts a performance in 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 a goal like that
2: yeah, this it, it just keeps happening. And we've said this before, that this keeps happening with David Chuenier. And first of all, you're right about the finish. Like, I think it's one where you can't you can't really pick which side he's going to go towards. If you're Carducci and you cheat towards one of those, then you look even sillier if he scores on the other side, right? And I think Bobby spoke about it after the match, that he's seen 20 score from that exact position so many times in training. And just to see him do it in a game is, is, at least to Bobby, was unsurprising. But this is a guy who has stepped up pretty much on every... Stage for Forge. He scored at the Azteca for them. He scored in CONCACAF League pretty much every time they've really needed a goal. He scored to win them their first championship, and you know, obviously now he's scored to give them a chance to go for a third one. He's just a remarkable player who, again, sometimes he has to fight for his position in the side, but he always seems to win it back. Right. And when things get tough, no matter how deep Forge's attack is, no matter how many attackers they have on that bench in that squad. It always seems to come down to his foot, and he's always the one who manages to step up when called upon. So I think you can't really give a bigger compliment to a player, can you?
5: No, you really can't. And, uh, yeah, you're right. He, he has to play. He has to play. They win different tactics, he even played fullbacks backs at back five in that last game at home against Halifax, and he was on the bench. But you just know that he just he's the kind of man you can rely on to do, to, to make a difference in those key moments. Uh, I know how popular World Cup stickers are in the show. You guys all got them. AJ, you still got some stickers? You guys all got your sticker. There you are. All right. You guys can open a pack of stickers. And in the meantime, uh, let's go back to Tim Hortons Field and speak to another Maverick and another difference maker. Here's my chat after this one with Tristan Borges. Joined by Tristan Borges. Your team has made a fourth final in four years. I, you, I saw you come off near the end and you were begging, you were praying to the Lord
6: above. Please, please. You got it done. What's the feeling like? Uh, it's hard to explain. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond excited. I'm so happy with the guys. Um, you know it's like i said we, we we've always been through a lot of ups and downs but for for you know a group of guys, especially the core, to have new guys bring them in and for them to have such a big impact, and for us to go to another finals, it's it's hard <laughs> to explain. But we know at the end of the day, the job's not done, right? We sure. want to win, but um, we knew against them it was definitely going to be until the 90th minute. You never know what could happen, and as you can see, two red cards in one half. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a lot to it's a lot to accept and just you know understand what happened. But you know we got it done.
5: The job's not done, but the way you celebrated afterwards was a little bit extra special, no? You could sense that there's a big relief. You got past the big giant here.
6: Yeah, I think, you know, everybody knows the, I would say, rivalry that we would have with yep. them and just, you know, the intensity that every game, every time that we play them, it brings, right? And it's it's tough, right? Obviously, the job's not done, but you know, we still have to celebrate getting into another finals, right? It's 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 uh, still an accomplishment that we have to, you know, be proud of and I know everybody here is just waiting for another week so we can celebrate and uh, try to win that, lift that trophy again. 4-4 four and four is a great accomplishment. Last one for you,
5: there's a lot of talk about the attack coming into this day, not a lot of goals over the last few games. Schwann. Yeah, with a brilliant finish, and you get the penalty as well for Wubens. What did you see about the attack today? How happy were you with the way you performed?
6: Uh, the confidence is always there, no matter you know if we go a couple games without goals or you know it just I think that's just that's the standards that we've set in the league, right? In terms of what we can bring uh, offensively, and you know when it comes to myself, I know Schwanier has all the confidence, and I know Wubens has all the confidence, and even the guys coming off the bench. But we know that attacking-wise, as long as we get to keep the ball, and we do what we do we're gonna get goals.
5: Listen, man, you were brilliant today. It's Thank a you. fantastic achievement. Congratulations. We'll see. Thank, and you, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Tristan Borges definitely steps up when he was when he needed. Uh, who's in it for the ABBA soundtracks consistently from the yes. field? Yeah, we're all good with that. I'm good with that. There's, uh, Mitchell's not so convinced as us three, but yeah, we're all down for ABBA. Uh, Mitchell, that means I'm putting ABBA in the car for six hours, and I'll drive to Ottawa this week, so <laughs> you're going to have to deal with that one. <laughs> um, uh, AGR, what about Bo- uh, Borges? What did you think? Obviously, the way that he did Klomp proved to be monumental to get that second goal.
1: I mean, he's always had that that moment of magic in him, maybe in in, in big games as well. And yeah, that, you, you could sense something building in that moment. It was starting to, it was really that one nil. You felt like either, whoever got that next goal would really win and, and take control of the game. And you're just kind of waiting cavalry. It felt like they were building towards something. I mean, Tommy Wilden Jr. kind of spoke about it after. It felt like they were building for towards something. And then, Borgia just came out of nowhere and it was such a brilliant bit of deception. The way he opened up his hips, got clamped to commit and then slid the ball through. And then from there, you just felt like it was going to be a goal or something. And then the, the penalty was a fair result. So I mean, credit to, to Borges. I feel like one thing that's maybe been understated is how he's evolved his game. Because, yeah, he might not be getting the 11, 12 goals he got in that first year. He was so just explosive. And maybe the secret wasn't out on what he can do in front of goal. But I just feel like the more I watch him, he's really improved a lot of the the little areas of this game. And maybe that's something that going to Belgium taught him. Like, okay, you have to be really good at those sort of details in, throughout 90 minutes if you want to be a winger, if you want to be an attacker in the modern a game at big clubs. You can't just be a guy who scores goals and not much else. And I, that's the sort of moments that I think will really impress a coach.
5: It's it's a really good point. There's a more of assurance about Borges. I feel like this year too. Like he just feels like he doesn't seem like a guy who's got a chip on his shoulders, trying to prove people wrong, always going out of the way. He's a, if you need to take him off after seventy-five minutes, there's no theatrics or any drama. Okay, I did my job. You know, but you know. Sometimes games go well. Sometimes they don't. I feel like he's incredibly matured and and got a lot more. Maybe with experience and time, that he's become really that offensive leader. Um. Another offensive player, Mitchell, was was Wubens Passius. I mean, what more can we say about this kid? I mean, I think 10 games in a row without a goal to end the regular season, that could have weighed heavy. Charlie met with him in Calgary, got the goal in that game. Mm -hmm. And then we have to talk about the penalty. You know me, I love my penalty kicks. And, you know... I have to say, when they got the penalty, I wondered, I I thought it would be him, but I wondered. There's a lot of other players who could have stepped up and took that ball. We've seen Crutzen take penalties. We've seen Borges. We've seen others. Uh, But the kid takes it. I was behind the goal, so I can speak about the the ferocity of the boot. You know, Carducci's a class keeper. He might win goalkeeper of the the year this week. Um, How good of a penalty was that, Mitch? And and obviously, it proved to be a game-winner.
0: Yeah. You love the confidence from him as well, because they were all there. Crutzen was, was looking, he, he would have taken the ball, I think if it was handed to him, but there was no way Wubens was giving that ball up. And that's what you love from a young striker. And uh, you know, there's so many people in this, in this game of ours who will, you know, say the penalty kick is is an easy moment for, but for a young player like that, especially against a guy like Marco Carducci, who saved a penalty here in a big game before at Tim Horton's field, he would have had all the confidence in the world to stop that. And, Ubin steps up, takes the big moment, and is now Forge's all-time leading scorer in playoff matches, which is kind of crazy for for a player of his age. And, you know, when you're looking for for players and um for young players as well, like their ability to step up in these games and elevate their level, like that's that's maybe, you know. Paseas is almost uh, emblematic of what we've seen from Forge from this playoff run. Where yes, they weren't so great over the last eleven games, but the second the games get incredibly important, they've stepped up and taken their game to another another level. And Pacius is is up there with those players.
5: Yeah, good point. Again, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys open another part. We're going to hear from Wubens in a second. The other thing too is you know they've got Campbell, and they've got Hamilton. And they, the last thing they needed was to try and find a way in playoff football where you've got three games to go, oh, maybe this will work. Maybe that'll work. Let's try something else. Right, Charlie? Because yeah. they needed somebody to just own it, right? In this moment, you just got to play. And someone's got to own that. And that's why th- that goal in that first game that you were at was just so important for Wubens.
2: Oh, absolutely. yeah. And I think, to your point, that's what they tried to do a month and a half, two months ago, try and find other combinations with these other players that maybe haven't, found that rhythm yet tried to get Jordan Hamilton going or or, or Taron Campbell players that weren't there last year it became apparent quickly that they were running out of time to get that to work and when push comes to shove with this team this is the front three that you have to go with at this time that's the one that's been the most effective the players that have shown you the most right for yeah. Bobby Smirno it's not just this year but last year and, and so on uh, so I think that's what it came down to and these are the guys that have shown the most evidence that you can trust them in the big moments
5: yeah talking about depth emory welshman you know was in his civvies i didn't make the squad you know it just goes to shabby noah jensen yeah. another one just it's just a remarkable amount of depth that like, going on in that club uh all right let's go back to tim hornsfield. here's my chat with women's Joined by Wilbur's Prasius, who gets the winning goal. How does this feel? You just celebrated with your teammates and the fans. This was an enormous game. It's really incredible.
7: I still can't, I still can't believe it. I don't have the words, but again, I want to thank God. It's always like that. I have to thank God because it's crazy feeling. So I'm really proud of uh, the team.
5: Amen, brother. Take us through... Your feelings, Borges wins a penalty. They look to you to take it. They've had different takers of penalties this year. What are your thoughts at that moment to try and beat Marco Carducci?
7: Uh, yeah, uh, we trained this in, the, in training. And I knew that if I, I can do exactly the same thing that I'm doing in training, I could score. So just to stay calm, not too nervous, and to have everyone having their faith in me, I feel pretty good about it.
5: It was a brilliant penalty to obviously you know beat a great goalkeeper in Marco Carducci. You're off to a fourth final in four years. What does that say about this group?
7: It's crazy. You can, you can see it. We're a real group, and we always want to go further possible and to be able to go to the final again this year it's
5: incredible looking forward to going to Ottawa yeah of course of course of course we'll see you there thanks so rubens thank you. congratulations yeah. thank you. appreciate thank you. you yeah just a great kid too and uh, many people would say perhaps the next good young Canadian Premier League Premier League player who's going to get a move as well but every credit to him uh, all right guys I'll if you've not opened your second pack of stickers, do so now. We're going to come right back after this, and we're going to see if you can come up with your best stickers and your best team. And maybe Charlie might get some luck again for the second one. Uh, so uh, that would be pretty good. Now, if Charlie got some uh, some uh, some more stickers last week, he, I think he, yeah. we didn't get a vote, but you won. I think you got the best stickers. Oh, easily. It, we didn't yeah. need to vote. Yeah. You didn't we'll need we'll
0: to vote. concede that. I think Charlie <laughs> won.
5: Exactly. It was like winning 4 0 right, away or from home, or. Home yeah
2: yeah easy i sack my manager yeah
5: exactly you know you know it you know it. inside jokes guys i'm sure you've got them uh, with more on this is bobby Miniotis after the match
3: it's one thing we talk about at the beginning of the year. Everyone wants a, says they want to win a championship. We know in sports it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you play your whole life. Uh, you can coach your whole life and not be part of it. Uh, but as a club, it's the least that we want. We want to be able to compete for trophies in, in any competition uh, that we're in. We've shown that in the past and last year with, with really trying to make a run at, at CONCACAF. And then you come to, to this season and this is what we have ahead of us. So I think it's the least we ask of ourselves as a club. And now you go into a one game and uh, anything can happen in those. We've been in a lot of these uh, very important games in different competitions. And obviously, in the, in the Canadian Premier League, it, it's a fourth uh, visit to the finals. And hopefully, we can add a friend to those other trophies that are sitting inside there.
5: I mentioned it briefly on the broadcast, and I'll mention it again here. The last four years since 2019, that's 32 knockout games uh, that Forge have played, either in Canadian Championship, CPL Playoffs, or CONCACAF play. 32. Uh, Toronto FC, for comparison, since 2019, 23. CF Montreal played their 22nd game yesterday, Cavalry 17, and nobody else is even close. Um, AGR, I think we try and give as much love to Canadian soccer as we can. We all play a big role, but is it something to be said that maybe this Forges run is still an underrated soccer story in this country?
1: Might have to be, just because, yeah, when you put it together, it just feels like I mean, it feels like it's almost flown under the radar how many big games they play. Like, it's just, I guess that was something maybe you were talking takeaways I had yesterday. I was thinking, like, they're going to another final. Like, it's just another big game. And what's now, they're at a point where big games are just another day. Like, a semifinal is... From some clubs it would be the pinnacle it's the the, the the mountain and for them just talking to them it felt like they just played game number three of the regular season and they're not quite at what they want to be at so i think it's just it's ph- phenomenal to see that they've played in canadian championship finals they've gone whispers away of, of a Concacaf League final they played against mexican giants and champ and yeah and champions league they've played on every cpl final no matter you know, every every team's gone to the same playoff, quote unquote, lottery, if you want to call it, and they've come out each time. That's a skill. That's a credit to just the continuity that they've brought, and it's just it, it's it's been fantastic to see the the development of, as well as these players and what Bobby Spear notice has had to done. He's certainly maybe a name that doesn't get enough recognition yeah. for what he's been able to build over at Forge.
5: Yeah, four CPL finals in four years against four different opponents and it'll be in four different stadiums that's a <laughs> remarkable story uh we're going to get into the cavalry side because i still think that's a big story as well i'm fascinated to hear what mitchell thinks about the way they play but let's get some stickers charlie you're up uh let's Me? go through some of your stickers you got your uh, two packs opened here let's yeah out i do
2: got. i do i'm doing okay i think we'll see um okay. so i've got denzel dumfries to start from the netherlands nice. yeah that's, that's not a... not a bad little player Nemanja Maximovich, is he Gaddafi, I think. Okay. Uh, Andreas Christensen. I like him,
5: got some good defenders here.
2: There's a lot. I always seem to get defenders. Uh, this pack has Alan Franco. I think he plays for Atlanta still.
5: Yeah,
2: all right. Uh, okay. And then uh Ecuadorian goalkeeper Hernan Galindez.
5: Okay, you need a goalie. Okay, Let's, he might be okay, okay there.
2: What about your second okay. pack? You got any strikers? Do, do the second one here. Okay. Let's uh, take a look. I've got Mickey Yamane from Japan.
8: Okay.
2: Okay. Love that Japan uh, kit, by the way. Love it's a that. that's a class kit. I like it that. Is, yeah. um, and the even the badge is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I've got yeah. Harris Efirovich. So that's a striker for oh, me. Oh, There you go. He can bang. That's him a goal. good. That's a good one. He's going yeah. in my team probably. Yeah. Uh, Casemiro. Okay. Ooh. I'll take there you that. Go. We take that. Uh, <laughs> Aston Villa player Jan Bednarek hey he's alive there we go he the, exists the that's what close. Close. good to know Play played
5: 45 minutes since steven gerald's last game so
2: Yep, yeah, uh, and he was arguably the only good player on the pitch uh and i've got a stadium which okay. uh i guess i'll need somewhere to play so yeah there you go we,
5: You don't need any more Craig players stadium. without five a side team you're gonna put together oh, I, by the I end think that's, yeah, that's i think i'll
0: be fine yeah that's a pretty good, so. good team i think mitchell can you beat this what you got Guess what? I got a bunch of keepers, guys. Um, but I got some good ones this this week, which which helps as well. Double um, keep, the five aside. Yeah, exactly. No, no, we'll stick to one this week. Um, we do have uh, Morera, the Costa Rican keeper. He's probably not making my side because I also have Eduard Mendy. Nice. Or I can go with probably my pick, Ederson. Oh, wow. from Brazil. So. Put him, in, mid-
5: put him wow. in midfield, mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Not, not bad. Not really uh, I also have uh, Tomiyasu. Okay, which oh, will cool, add cool. Some, some quality in defense and uh, Jesus Ferreira up top. Oh, um, nice. in the U.S. So, so not bad there. From <laughs> it's quite a pack, actually. To be Three honest, goalies in a pack. Yeah, pretty you good. Goalie was <laughs> for I don't know. No, yeah, love it. yeah. Don't mind it. Uh, two, uh, two South Koreans um, okay. as well. To, to add not sure if either of them ninjas will really make my squad but yeah um and we've got uh christian uh no guard okay of denmark yeah and then uh we'll finish up with rambo
5: oh nice so, yeah hey,
0: there's, some, there's some quality in there i think i can I make like, a, de- a decent side
5: like yeah good too i like denmark in this world cup and we'll get to that maybe next month
4: uh a- agr
5: <laughs> what do you got for us
0: well, I've got
1: quite the packs here, so we'll see why in a second. But uh, I'll start with Milos Velkovic, defender. Exposed can never have too many defenders. The Argentine Papu Gomez. Always thought he's underrated from his time at Atlanta. Um, bit of English flavor, Mason Mount. Uh, always a, a player of hot topic on Twitter from when I wake up in the morning on those <laughs> Premier League days. Uh, we got a Poland team. And then I'm gonna save the last player from the, this pack, and you'll see why in a second. Because I'll go to the other pack. Oh no! Um, I don't like this. I got no. a Tajon Buchanan teammate, Andreas Skov Decent decent yeah. uh, winger wing back. Uh, we got Golden Boy, or could have oh, been a Golden man. Boy if it was it for his niece. knees. Uh got an England crest, just good for my sticker book. Doesn't mean much. And then this one's just I love this one. A blue Ismail Assar. He's so oh, underrated. Came glossed. through my beloved Ren and has been tearing up England. It's but it's okay. So this is the fifth player, right? Yeah. In the pack. Look what I packed twice. You're no, joking? Lionel. What? Two Lionel Messi's. I, I think I, he, wish I, was I think joking. you should be able to use both. I, to be honest, <laughs> I, I got <laughs> buy a lottery ticket. Lionel man. Yeah. I'm, I'm considering when I leave the door, I might just drop twenty dollars in a lottery ticket. I'm dumbfounded that I pulled one Messi. What? and like my eyes lit up, and then I open the next pack and I see a Lionel Messi.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> brilliant. I go times two. I love now We it. all have to be nice to AGR because one of us will hopefully get that messy, but only whoever's nicest <laughs> to him over the next couple of weeks. I mean, oh, we haven't even got to
5: welcome Benedict and the team to open his pack later on in the show. But he, what I love about it is that, like, Benedict doesn't matter how much he cheats, he can't beat you.
1: <laughs> no no <laughs> chance. I am allowed two messies. You're probably. allowed two messies. Stick if, them in. If I, I'm allowed, then know. I'll give one. I'll give one to the best offer for another. There
5: you also. go. <laughs> wow, two messy. I so love that. Uh, great stuff, boys. Uh, let's put a bow on this game before we get to our guests this week and, of course, talk about what's well, going to be a massive opponent in, this, in the final for Forge. Uh, but let's go back and put a bow on this one. So let's talk about the visitors. Let's hear from the visiting head coach at uh, Tim Hortonsville. Here's Tim, Tommy Willen Jr.
0: I thought our defensive shape first half very good. Didn't really register too many chances and we were going to be patient when we had our moments. Uh, and then, going into the half time you you got one way of looking at things and and the two sendings off um change that. we had a game plan coming out in the second half and um yeah it just uh, unfortunately they struck first and then you know when they struck right afterwards with the pk it then gave us a bit of a mountain to climb, but credit to the lads, we made a game of it near the end and um yeah, made it interesting
5: there's lots of things to get from this uh ultimately over hundred and eighty minutes, mitchell, I think they had a man advantage for four of them. Certainly mm-hmm. wasn't long enough. Uh, did they play well enough in the game for you to get through?
0: I don't think they did, and and for me the issue was they just weren't able to get their best players on the ball nearly enough. Um, you know there was some good progression from defense to midfield, but even that was a was a weak link at times in terms of of their passing ability. But Joe Mason had ten touches in this match up top. Um, that is a major concern when that is you know you know your key goal scorer Ali Moose only had thirty six as well. So um, I think that that was the the big concern. They just weren't able to. Tommy called it making the ball stick, but But, you know, to get it up to their key forward players. So uh, I think that was the biggest concern. And, you know, another another year where maybe some of these guys, um, these key Cavalry, you know, star players, they haven't done enough in these big matches.
5: Yeah, look. I, I, I think I call it a crushing loss on one soccer's post game show for them because I think it is. I think last year they said and I was there they got beat by Pacific and the play to the whistle and the ball went out and the, it was close to going out. Sorry, it didn't go out and it was, it was and it took them a long time to get over this. This one could be worse, Charlie, because again it's they play the two legs, they go toe to toe with Forge again. It's just a one goal deficit. They're close, mm-hmm. uh, but they just don't get over the line and. You know, I think what the hardest thing is in this, and um, you know, people can blame, I don't know whether you want to blame a referee, whether you want to blame David Norman Jr., whether you want to blame the atmosphere, whatever it is. Um, but for four minutes, they had Forge on the ropes. They'd lost mm-hmm. their captain. They'd lost their skipper. He got, he got mm-hmm. sent off. And they're about to get to halftime at nil-nil in a game with all the pressure on Forge, with Becker off and a man advantage for 45 minutes. And then Norman yeah. pushes like that. Gives the referee another opportunity to bring a yellow card out. And like that, the the, the air goes out the balloon, Charlie. And I think at that moment, if, you, if, if Calvary could go back to any moment in, at all in any of those games, in any of those moments in those games, that's the moment, no? Don't do yeah. that. Let's get to halftime and let's keep our foot on the throat because that would be the moment, I think.
2: Yeah, it's just that little bit of composure. Because that again, yeah, that moment that Kyle Becker red card was a lifeline to them because I think Forge... it. At least from from the bits bits and pieces I could see with kind of one eye on the game while also working after the other game. We're was gonna get Ford to your game the, in a minute. Don't worry. Forge were the better team in that first half. Yeah, it seemed that's fact. Like at home, yes, the pressure is more on the home team in a game like this. But they have kind of shown over the years that they maybe handle that a little bit better than Cavalry do, and that's why Forge have been to four finals and Cavalry have been to one. But uh, yeah, it, it just was that was kind of the moment in the game where. I, I don't want, I don't think that I'm in a place where I would like blame individual composure. I wouldn't, I'm not blaming David Norman Jr. by any stretch, um, but it is a a case of when it does happen that close before halftime. Yes, you play it out and see if you can hit them immediately when they're completely deflated. But number one is just make sure that this situation is maintained to halftime, right? Because then you can go into the locker room and be like, look, this is the 45 minutes that we need, like things are setting up well for us. We just need to make sure that we keep that calm and, you know, see that through because it, there was a, a clear path to them at that point to win this tie. But then, you know, things kind of got out of hand and, and from there, Forge just kind of composed themselves more quickly. Maybe they fo- kind of found their rhythm a little more quickly while Cavalry maybe had moments that, that were shakier. And I think that ultimately made the difference.
5: Yeah. Uh, last word to you, HR, before you let both let you and Mitch go. <clears throat> what What do you make of cavalry? You know, I think there's many of us who subscribe to the theory that sometimes you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win in the game. You know, you have in many sports, many examples. You learn, you learn, you lose, you lose, you suffer, you suffer, then you go. And many people thought this maybe be cavalry's year. Maybe it becomes again next year, but it's a long time to wait. No, and it's a difficult pill for them to swallow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like ultimately they should probably stay the course i do think a winningness over the the fact that they are the winningest team over the regular season shouldn't be thrown out the window because of a couple playoff games i think that on the other hand is reckless but i do think there are maybe moments of do they maybe overthink the big games that could be a question asked and that's the sort of lessons you learn i think of this game in particular the one thing i noted was it felt weird that it went from a three four three that works so solidly at home to a back four with two unnatural fullbacks, you know, especially one in Norman Jr. gets slotted in, you know, if you're going to slot in Norman Jr., why not play more as a left-sided centre-back? Why not keep the same midfield format? Those sorts of changes can make a big difference. And I think maybe that'll be something for for Calvary to, to look at because in terms of, a, you know, a team like Forge, if you're going to look across the hall at what they've done. For them, it's been consistency. It's them. You kind of know almost next week what they're going to do. They kind of want to stamp out, uh their 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 identity they want to they're going to play three men in the midfield they're going to try to get Ottawa to move around that way whereas with Cavalry uh while that tactical flexibility helps I'm always open for a team with tactical flexibility I do think it was just so strange they had a recipe for success from the first leg in their hands and they kind of threw that away and in the end that's the sort of margins that can make a big difference so I think for Cavalry you got to stay the course but find a way to adjust in those moments
5: yeah, a lot of what ifs and maybes, right? Uh, again, you know, w- what if Sergio Camargo was fit and more healthier this season? You know, what if Maya Bevan could have played? Could he have played more with Mason? I think they need to get multiple goal scoring threats on the pitch more than just that number nine, as you alluded to. When you take Mason out the game. What other teams have ultimately, Ottawa and particularly Forge, is they've got those killers in the box in wide areas who can get goals. And Forge don't have a lot like Escalante is a terrific player. You know, they've got a lot of good players on the pitch, but they don't have a lot of goals from midfield. They don't have a lot of other goals. But it has to be said, you know, success comes in different forms, right? They sold Latoury, they sold Pepo this season. Two big players who, if they were on the pitch, yes, they could have made a big difference. And so that's a success, success for the team and a success for the Canadian Premier League. Um, but I'm sure Cavalry fans at home are still much like Pacific when we're going to get onto our next guest. Are still thinking we wish they were on the pitch. But this is a league where you know you judge success in different ways. But um, yeah, very difficult for them to swallow this one. Um, all right, AGR and Mitch, uh, we appreciate you guys. I'll let you go off and pick your five aside teams. Take a picture of them. Uh, send them to Benedict. We appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks again. Uh, that was great. Uh, Charlie, I think you might get beat by the two Messies this week, just gonna say.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be that close. It's tough.
5: But Benedict's next, and you never know. He might be going through 25 packs right now and just pulling out, like, five Canadian players to win the vote or something. Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to get into the next game. Obviously, a big game that, obviously, Benedict, and particularly Charlie, was all over. But our next guest joined me earlier today, live from Norway. And that's right, I had the opportunity to chat with the 2022 Golden Boot winner himself. Here is my chat with Alejandro Diaz. Delighted to be joined by Alejandro Diaz live from Norway. Uh, Alex, great to see you, my man. How's things and, and how's life for family in Norway?
9: Hi, Christian. Nice to see you too. Thank you. Um, and Great. Uh, things are going great. Um, last game wasn't the, the best for us and we couldn't make it to playoffs. But well, um, hopefully we, we end up with uh, with a win. Uh, we go to the off season and prepare for the next year, so so we have more chances to to fight for the promotion. That, that's that's the goal. So yeah, and well, family it's doing great right now. Uh, I came here to Norway alone because my my wife stayed in Canada because we we're expecting a baby. So I'm coming back for for that uh, next week. So excited about that, and yeah, I just want to be uh, there with her and and see our baby.
5: Yeah, we can't wait to welcome you back. We're doing this interview, obviously, right now because it's been awards season here at the Canadian Premier League. We're going to get more into your action in Norway in a second, but you are officially crowned the Golden Boot winner of the 2022 Canadian Premier League. 13 goals in 18 games. You got on a real roll there before you left us and obviously went on to Norway, which is obviously you've been firing the goals in there as well. Five in 10 games. It's been a terrific year for you. But uh, how special was that time for you at Pacific? And
9: uh, how special is it to win the Golden Boot? Well, it was amazing uh, journey for me at Pacific. Um, I always have to say thank you to to Pacific uh, first of all by, by trusting me and in, in bringing me to the to the CPL and also to the CPL. Um, and since the since day one has been an amazing trip for me and like um, personally and and. In, in the in my job that it's uh, playing football has been amazing and yeah like the last tournament i did a great great uh, performance i think and it's all thank you thanks uh, to my to my teammates so yeah it was 13 13 goals and another three in the Concacaf, so it was an excited exciting uh, tournament for me i think it's yeah has been the best year for uh, for me personally And well, excited. Uh, Then the opportunity of uh, Norway came and also it was amazing. I came here, I started with a a goal. So that was important for my confidence here. And and well, yeah, uh, then it came a hat trick. So it was again an an amazing uh, game and feeling for, for me. So yeah, just super happy about this this year.
5: I love it. Like all great goal scorers, you count those goals in every competition. You have to. I, I love that. Of course, 13 and 18 an hour in the CPL, but of course, a, a magnificent hat-trick in CONCACAF. You mentioned it's been the best season for you statistically, obviously, with all those goals, but how have you evaluated your own game? How have you become a better player, Alex, in 2022?
9: Well, the, the CPL in Pacific gave me the chance to to come here and to develop me uh, as a player. I uh, Honestly, I, I didn't have like uh, that opportunity in Mexico. That I was missing that uh, that chance to to play, to to get some goals and to get confidence to to start uh, scoring more and more goals. So I think I found that in CPL. And as I said, I'm I'm really thankful for that. Um, and also, like year by year, I have noticed I I've been uh, working hard, also training more, recovery recovering better, uh, also watching lots of uh, videos so I have studying the, the, the opponents. so I think that helps helped a lot and yeah well I, I think I capitalized that from the studying to the field so um, I think uh, that that worked really yeah. good.
5: Fascinating stuff. Your one-touch finishing has been exemplary. It's been so good, man, this season. Um, talk to me a little bit about FC Songdal. Obviously, you're in Norway now. You mentioned you just lost the last game, a bit of a heartbreaker 2-1 on the weekend just to a- a- avoid getting to the playoffs. What's it like? What's the systems like there? What's the standard like? How have you adapted? I mean, five goals in 10 games, you've clearly adapted well, but what's what's it
9: like playing in Norway compared to Canada? Well, um, I can I can say a little bit like um, here in Norway is a little bit more tactical, like um, I, I'm I, I won't I wouldn't say like struggling, but yeah, like I have to be more focused on the tactical part of the of the game. I think that's the most um, like like the biggest difference uh, from CPL to to here to Norway, but uh, the level I think it's. Same, like, uh, also here, maybe it's a little bit faster because they, they wet uh, the pitch, all the games, mm-hmm. so the ball runs uh, way more way, way more fast uh, than maybe in CPL. That sometimes uh, the wet wasn't, the the, the pitch wasn't wet. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, I've been adapting so far, really, really good. Hopefully, the next year uh, gets better. But yeah, I'm super happy about this great opportunity. I, I honestly I, I wasn't expecting uh, at the middle of the season, but well, this is football, and yeah, yeah,
5: it has. Yeah, and, and Tor Andre Flo is your coach, no? Which is a, 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 a legend, a legendary striker. Obviously, played for many years in the Premier League and World Cups for Norway as well. Um, what's it like to tap into a, a mind like that as a striker who played a similar position as you?
9: Well, for me, it's amazing. Uh, as you said, he was a top uh, striker from Nor- for for Norway. Um, played at Chelsea. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been amazing. Uh, during trainings, we we always do after every session we do uh, finishing, and he's for sure the coach of uh, the finishing, and all the tips uh, that that he gives us, and uh, it's been amazing. Like he was an amazing header. I, I also like to uh, go and head the ball, so all the tips that uh, he has given to me, uh, I appreciate them a lot, and it's, uh, it's really good to have him uh, every day so I can learn from him, and yeah, like it's, it's amazing uh, to, to be with him great stuff a couple more with
5: you Alex we're obviously talking in the build-up now to the final your former team just got knocked out in Ottawa on the weekend by Atletico Ottawa over two legs by three goals to one I'm sure many people have said that they missed you badly how odd was it to watch that and um you know what are you looking forward to in the final this weekend between Atletico Ottawa and Forge two teams you know very well
9: yeah well I'm I'm, uh, honestly I'm really sad about the uh, the game yesterday. I was really expecting uh, Pacific to, to to win that uh, for sure, but it was it was uh, a really tough game. I think Pacific uh, did really good. Uh, they dominated almost uh, all the games, so that was good. They couldn't uh, finish the chances. Uh, they, they had uh, a few of them, but well, this is football. Ottawa has been playing amazing all the all the season. That's why. Uh, They're at the final right now, and yeah, for the final, I think it's gonna be a great, great final again. Uh, Forge making uh, their fourth uh, final consecutive, consecutive. So I think it's gonna be great. Ottawa has been has been playing uh, amazing, so I think it it will be a really, really fun and interesting final to watch. Yeah, they're a tough
5: team to break down, Atletico. You've scored against them, though. Obviously, sometimes you just got to take your chances, no? I think the chances come very quickly and you've got to take them. Is that what you learned playing those guys?
9: Yeah, well, this is football. Uh, you got to take the chances you have. And, well, unfortunately for for Pacific, they they couldn't uh, last the last game. But, well, it was also an amazing season for for Pacific, too. And I I feel super proud about uh, Pacific and for being part of that. And yeah, for sure. Uh, well, uh, the final in, in Sunday is going to be the the one who who finished the, their chances. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. You
5: mentioned how proud you are. It was a terrific year, both individually and collectively. I know you've made a big difference for FC Songdal in Norway already. You made a big difference to Pacific. They they went to obviously they won the final last year with you there last year. Obviously, the squad, they went to the champion uh, the Kakao League this year. They, they, they accomplished so much there. You got a hat-trick. I can't congratulate you enough. I know that they missed you a lot this year. They'll look to replace you. But uh, forever, you'll be known as being you know the major goal scorer and the golden boot winner in 2022 as well for the Canadian Premier League. Alex, good luck this weekend in your final game. We'll see you back in Canada very soon. Thanks again for this.
9: Thank you so much, Christian.
5: Just a class axe, Alejandro Diaz, and great to see him performing so well in Norway. Named today as one of the 10 finalists for Players Player of the Year, an inaugural award that we've introduced to the Canadian Premier League. There's some of the names that you can see on the screen there if you're listening on the podcast Alex Ashnodi Janssen, Manny Aparicio, Moba Bully, uh, Oli Bassett, Kyle Becker, Alejandro Diaz, Ali Moussi, Wubens Passius, Sean Rea, and Balu Tabla. The top 10 vote getters from 180 players across the Canadian Premier League who were asked to cast their vote of any of the players in the top three of their own ballots. You'll notice two players on there from Atletico Ottawa. That's right, Mr. Bassett and Mr. Tabler. We'll go back to Ottawa now and recap a successful match again at the regular season home champions TD Place.
0: will to take. And swinger back, post headed on! And it is
5: Pacific who take the lead. Opportunity finds Malcolm
0: Shaw. Top of the box, Shaw to his left foot, strikes it! And it's a goal for Ottawa! What a finish that was. Atlético Ottawa have clinched their first ever Canadian Premier League final.
5: fantastic scenes there charlie was in the middle of the huddle yep. i think at one point you know all, all for purposes of content. you had your camera you weren't celebrating but you had your camera going in there we're going to bring Benedict in in a second we're going to roll some highlights but don't roll highlights yet charlie your overall thoughts on another trip to ottawa and another successful day uh for the home team athletic
2: yeah well I'll, I'll start by saying it was hard not to be caught up in the huddle because it was just a enormous mob of people it was just a, an incredible kind of sight to see on, on that pitch uh, really throughout the whole game, but especially kind of the, the second half when Malcolm Shaw scores that goal to sort of you, you feel you feel kind of the collective sigh and then everybody starts going crazy. Uh, and then when the, when the final whistle goes, that place was just just absolutely mental. It was right. just amazing, like the kind of the 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 power of that crowd that you're i was standing like right on pitch side the whole match and you could feel kind of the energy behind you you look around and it's kind of a a jarring feeling to be like this is a cpl game that i'm at here and this is the kind of atmosphere that i'm seeing uh for a playoff game it was just a remarkable place to be a remarkable remarkable experience i think the crowd was announced at something about just over eight thousand people which is incredible uh and just a an appetizer, I think, for what's to come next Sunday as well, which is is also important. So, uh, but the the game itself as well didn't disappoint, right? I think we'll we'll get into it in more detail, but it was just a, a fun, clearly kind of playoff tie where both teams really left it all out there.
5: Yeah, they certainly did. And Pacific played their role in that. I, I did TSM radio today, as I often do in Ottawa, and I think they said eight thousand four. It was the crowd, yeah, and we were talking about so. you know the, the emotion and the But what we don't know about that number is how many new fans were there. And there will have been a number of new fans, and then they won't be new fans anymore because they'll be bringing other new fans for the final this weekend. And that's so important. You know, that they you know, mm-hmm. you, you can talk about it, but this club is is they're not just playing for themselves, they're captivating a city at the moment and they're bringing more and more supporters there. You know, we get so many here in the chat and they're loyal coming to our show and we love them for it, but we're bring, bring, bringing new fans to the stadium as well. Yeah. And when you go to a stadium and the game means something, and you go to a stadium and it's a party, and you go to a stadium and your team performs and they win or they progress. You're going to come back. It's contagious. That's what sports are about, bringing those emotions and those reference points and memories that will stick with you for a long time. Um, Benedict Rose has stuck with us for a long time, 47 minutes before we got back him into the show. Benedict, come on in, mate. Uh, Great to see you. You're on this show as well, and you're on this game with Charlie. Your overall impressions as we roll the highlights here. Maybe we should start with giving some Pacific some love here because it ended up being an Ottawa party, but for about an hour, uh, the visitors from Van Isle played a big role in this game.
7: Yeah, I know a lot of the the talk you know last week we talked about on the show is it would be a miracle if Pacific pulled this off, and and you know we knew they had to score the first goal probably in this game, or if Ottawa scored one, you know, they might be out of it. And if you're watching on YouTube here, they, they do score the Pacific end up scoring the first goal with the header from Thomas Mangerukair, so um, that was a crucial goal, you know, it gave them him a chance, and 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 Pacific throughout the entire first half really just and and into the start of the second half looked know kind of thought maybe they might just do it you know they 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 were consistent they were they were attacking they had many chances but them as you can see uh was fantastic in the game he's the player the match for two matches in a row now in, in the playoffs and 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 really kind of at some points in this in the first half anyway saved Ottawa.
5: Charlie what impressed you about the visitors from from the get-go?
2: I think it was it was just the aggression again at Last week on the show, obviously, we we did talk about whether it would be a miracle for Pacific to equalize this tired or, or to get through. Uh, and I think kind of from kickoff, but especially obviously when they scored, it no longer by any means felt like that. I mean, Pacific were m- much better, I think, across the board in this game than they were in the first leg. And they themselves would probably admit that. Uh, just There is much more movement in the attacking third from them, which I think was important. Marco Bustos shifting with Aparicio just trying to create spaces or, or pull those Ottawa defenders out of position a little bit more because again last week it was a little bit more static and Ottawa was a little bit safer to stay in their lines and to not step out and then really all Pacific was able to do is lump those crosses into the box that really went nowhere but in this game there was just a lot more kind of quicker passing just players making those runs and you know often decoy runs, just trying to get somebody to commit, just testing them, probing that defense, seeing which players might be more willing to step out of position or to, to try and press you. And it, it worked in, in many senses for them. I think Pacific really got into the box much more frequently. They had 27 shots in this game, which is an absurd amount. It's one and of I think, the
5: highest totals ever, I think.
2: Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. Um, and I think really Pacific will come away from this game I mean, first of all, there's players that will feel like there are chances that fell for them that they'll be kicking themselves about for months, maybe years, because it's eliminated them from the season. But really, the sense I got from all of the Pacific staff and players that I spoke to after the match was it was there for them in this game, right? It it was right there for them, and, and it could have happened. It just I don't know if it was that last bit of sharpness that they needed or just a couple of the those balls just maybe missed their mark a little bit and obviously credit is absolutely due to Nathan Ingham as well for stopping the ball from the line a couple of times but again Pacific really did themselves proud left absolutely everything they had out there on this pitch and you know definitely definitely made Atletico Ottawa sweat for a lot of this game
5: yeah Pacific fans and you know so many of you join us in the chat you know they went home last Saturday in leg one going that second leg, that second goal for that second leg is a killer. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what it proved to be. You know, if they'd have gone mm-hmm. home one nil loss, it wouldn't have been great, but you're always in the tie. But that two that two nil goal, that vote for Hoven 94th minute was a massive, massive momentum killer. Uh and in the end, it proved to a mountain too, too too tall for them to navigate. Um, let's hear from James Merrin, their head coach before we talk, Athletic.
4: It's, it's difficult because we, we had a lot of transition and we're doing a lot of things that we say we want to do. We moved, you know, Lucas McNaughton and Caden Chung to Toronto FC um, and we moved Diaz to Europe um, and there was other players as well. But and we still that expectation um, was there from minute one. You know, the expectation to to repeat as champions and um, the first half of the season, you could feel it. Every time we played a match, the team that was coming to play us was coming to play the champions and something that we had to uh sustain and stay consistent with in terms of our mentality so it wasn't easy it's it's been a challenge but uh the core group of players that we have that are going to be returning and coming back we've we've learned a lot we're going to continue to grow as a club i think we're in a in a great place um with the core group that we have returning as well for next season so now we have to make decisions on the future but uh i think overall we we should be happy with what we we're able to do considering how much transition there was
5: classy as ever and i think very poignant you know james he always gives you the honest truth you know and i think that's a pretty good way of looking into it no excuses i mean ultimately you know diaz we just had him on the show you know imagine diaz playing in that game you know it's similar to what we said about cavalry earlier with letting go of peple and latori just stronger if they if they if they if they're on the team Um, McNaughton and Chung, by the way, I saw him yesterday at Tim Hortons Field. There's like this whole Toronto FC back four, like Richie Larea and Chung and Henry and McNaughton just hanging out there with us. So, uh, that was good to see. Um, let's talk Malcolm Shaw. We're going to hear from him in a second, Benedict, but I thought he was terrific as he came on as a substitute in that first game. The second game, he makes a massive difference. Pardon the pun. Um, and is this guy now a player that Carlos Gonzalez has to think about starting in the final and he's gone for Brian, Wright, But, sure who got injured um was out for a long period of about eight games in the regular season is still probably their main man going forward and, and i think if you're an atleti fan you let us know in the chat i think you probably want him on the pitch at the start in the final no
7: yeah I mean, there's two ways of looking at it the first way is obviously he's the man in form at the moment he, he scored the goal he's he's the one you want on the pitch to to do exactly that in the final uh at the same time he has also looked very effective in this sort of super sub role at the same time so uh, it'd be interesting to see what Carlos Gonzalez does. I, I I do agree that he should be on the pitch. I think to start this one, and 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 Brian Wright has done a fantastic job as well this season. But I think Malcolm Charlie, like you said, is is has been the main for really three seasons now. And and when he's healthy and and when he's fit and fiery.
5: What do you think, Charlie? What do you think on Shaw? Better that you can start opening your stickers, mate. What do you think, Charlie?
2: Yeah, yeah I. It's tough because clearly. You know, Car- Carlos Gonzalez seems to value the idea of having Malcolm Shaw come into a game and change things up and, and just be a bit of a different option. Uh, but you just look at the two halves Atletico Auto played. Uh, this first half, Brian Wright, I think it's it's 18 touches, one touch in the box, uh, one shot. Right. Shaw has 22 touches, three touches in the box, three shots. But he just seemed to be stretching things a little bit more. And obviously that's partly down to the fact that Pacific is throwing the kitchen sink at them at that point in the second half. Yeah. They're getting higher up the pitch and there's going to be more of that space. And I think that's part of the reason that Gonzalez put him in at halftime because he knows that the second half is where Pacific will start to open up a little bit more because it's desperation time. And he thinks that Shaw is probably the better transitional player in that moment. The player can maybe stretch things out and get in behind that. Um, but I think at this point, you, when you go into a final, uh you maybe do just have to play the hot hand and Shaw is the player that scored a a, a huge goal for them in that moment and has been more effective at the right times for them he's scored some of the biggest goals in his club history again as as I've said he's scored in their first ever win and he's been an important player for them so I think the edge to me might if Brian Wright is a player that uh I'm, I'm not sure if Brian Wright is the same kind of player that can come into a game like Shaw does and make the same impact.
5: Yeah, it's a great point. It's this old modern-day finishers, over starters thought, you know, it's a substitute for yeah. different roles and positions, right? So great point by both of you. I love Wright. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the CPR. I thought he's been brilliant the last month. Mm-hmm. I just think you might get one chance to win a final. You might get one chance. You might get one chance. It might come in minute one but you get one chance who do you want that? that who do you want that, that ball on the, to hit the boot I want sure if I'm Ottawa but that's, that, that's me um, let's hear from the man himself uh, the main man who scored the goal to start the party in Ottawa here's Malcolm Shaw with Charlie
2: I'm here on the pitch with Atletico Ottawa hero today Malcolm
0: Shaw uh, you guys are going to a final how does that sound it's fantastic just being here from the start and the progression of the club and just the year we've had it's just it's got cherry on top it's all the hard work we've been putting in it's just come to pay off, so it's just its really exciting.
2: Malcolm, I think you scored in this club's first ever win, and now you've scored a goal to get them into a final.
0: What kind of setup for you? What did you see on that, in that moment? What goals were you heading up all hits the net? Yeah, it was just, obviously it was a glorious moment. It just It's not just for me, but it's for this whole club, the fans, everything, all the work we put in. You know, the first two years, the chances we went through, and just to be here, it's its for everyone, so it's just a great feeling. This is a really tough game. I think a lot of credit probably due to Pacific for...
2: Them really making it competitive to right to the end there. But uh, you know, what do you make of kind of your full team effort to defend and make sure that they, they didn't get past you?
0: Yeah, it took eleven guys and our bench to get the victory, you know, before the game we spoke and, and we, we mentioned that it's gonna take everybody on everybody in the locker room to get the victory, and we did that. So welcome just one last one. We're standing right in front of the dub here. It's a pretty special
2: day here in Ottawa. Next weekend, probably gonna be even more special for you guys, hosting a final here in TD Plays.
0: What's that gonna be like? It's gonna be incomparable it's gonna be fantastic these guys here this is our 12th man so credit to them and you know we can't wait for next week Malcolm thank you so much cheers cheers.
5: great job Charlie Backstreet Boys the choice of song in the background in CD it. plays there you go a little Backstreet Boys <laughs> flavor uh you know Abba at Tim Hortons you know Backstreet Boys at CD plays yeah <laughs> I'm all in for the music um Benny, let's have a look at we'll Carlos Gonzalez on the show in a second, but let's, you got some good stickers there? you open one pack or two? I open two. You open two? All right, let's go. Let's see what he got. By the way, the other boys who have left the show have sent me their back. They've sent me their five already. and So you got you got a lot to compete with this. So.
7: <laughs> um, well, I'll start Argentinian as well. I'll go Guido Rodriguez.
5: I like okay. Guido Rodriguez. He's class. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: Someone I don't know if actually plays very much these days, but it's Rafael Varane. <laughs>
5: Just got just got, okay. Just got her on the weekend.
7: Congrats. Uh Hassan <laughs> Al from the host guitar.
5: Oh, there you go. Captain. Yeah.
7: Got a Spurs player, We don't like that with Ivan Perisic. Parasit. Okay,
2: he's a class player though. He he class. He's a good player, but we don't like
7: any Spurs players. Congrats, so to, the,
5: congrats to your Hammers <laughs> on the win today, buddy. Good game.
7: Someone who's scored against West Ham a few times, Edison Cavani.
5: My goodness, he this down. is an unbelievable pack. What is going on? Is that an Edison Cavani red? What's the border parallel? Right. That's a red, oh, red. That's a red. Dude, don't put that in you. I mean, you need to sleeve that up, Benny. You need to keep that one nice.
7: Why well, <laughs> would trade the AGR for one of his Messies?
5: <laughs> he would definitely do that to get a red Cavani. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he yours yours might be worth messies. more. Yeah, yeah. You might actually beat him well. again here. This is ridiculous.
7: <laughs> the second pack isn't, isn't too bad either. Got a uh, Sana Laidouni from Tunisia. Okay. I'm too familiar with him to be honest. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Otamendi from Argentina, another Argentinian. Got a lot of them tonight.
5: Yeah. Okay.
7: Uh, Devis Apasi from Cameroon. Not familiar with him either. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's another Argentinian. <laughs> Angel Di Maria, one of the best. Oh.
2: <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Benedict is challenging KGR's <laughs> double messy
2: team. Ben, you're getting torched in the chat here. People don't believe that you're not cheating. <laughs> Again. I'm
7: sure. I'm sure. Um, not going to play a goalkeeper, but Rui Patricio from Portugal is a pretty good one, or was back in the day anyway, and he's still the 10th player here.
5: Benedict, you have a remarkable ability to pull brilliant players. I, I swear every to you, week.
7: I swear every to you, week. I have not cheated one time.
5: You know <laughs> what, buddy? I, I hand on heart now, truth on us, I believe you, but it's way better to rip you. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, That's, it's good for the content. One. It's way better. Uh, like
7: last year when I slept through Alejandro Diaz's hat tricks.
5: <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. Yeah, uh, that's a, 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 AGR's five-a-side team is Mason Mount, Lionel Messi, Ismail Assar, Ansu Fati, and Lionel Messi. So uh you've got one minute to try and beat that. And in the meantime, let's listen to Carlos Gonzalez. <laughs> a
3: typical second leg playoff game: you know, a lot of emotions, lo- loads of intensity, uh, lots of details. And. uh well, we were capable to manage them at the end of the game. Uh, I think that that Pacific did a, a great game today, uh, that they came with the correct intensity. In the first half, they had a, an extra of intensity and activation uh, than us. And uh, the main thing was to equalize in this on the second half. And I think that we did it little by little through the, through the game. They started to be a little bit more more nervous, I don't know. But we started to equalize on those situations, and, uh, and we knew that that this um, scenario of game will appear in some moment. So we were prepared for it, and we know that we also had some solutions in, from the bench that could be uh, painful for them. So in general, that's it. I'm happy because of uh, of the historical moment. I'm very proud of the players because they are competing really, really well, and now we have to to start to think in in next week. We don't have time, set our minds again and and think in, in the things that we can improve.
5: As ever, turns his attention right to the next game. A reminder: Carlos Gonzalez, contender for Coach of the Year awards night Friday at seven o'clock, live from Ottawa. Catch that on the YouTube channels of One Soccer and the Canadian Premier League. We'll all be there. That's right. We're coming to Ottawa Friday, seven o'clock awards night. Uh, Coach of the Year, Under Twenty-One Player of the Year, Players Player of the Year, Players Player of the Year, Player of the Year voted by the media, (laughs) Goalkeeper of the Year, Defender of the Year, and of course, Golden Boot which goes to Alejandro Diaz. Uh, I guess the final thought is this, gentlemen, and I know we've got an Ottawa-heavy crowd who stuck with us to this. Um, Despite them playing at home, are they favorites, Athletic ottawa Because I would claim that I think Forge could be favorites. Uh, Forge have played four finals. They've had more experience. And I know that you can't really put stats together at the moment, but Athletic at home have only won two of their last 10 games um so their home form is not as good as their away form uh what do you think how are you going to rank this i i i rank forge as a favorite slightly benedict what about you
7: Uh, i agree i think you know the big game experience and and they've won four nil in ottawa this season of course as well and uh no i don't think they're overwhelming favorites i think ottawa you know they'd like to play that defensive game where they can they can beat forge and have beaten forge this season but Uh, I I do think Forge are just just marginally uh, the favorites for this game.
5: Jolly?
2: Yeah, I I think it's really close. I would probably agree with that. I think it's basically a coin flip, to be fair. Uh, I think Forge I would would probably favor in the first half, but I think that if Ottawa can get it to halftime, still level at nil-nil, then I would probably fancy them to find a goal somewhere in that second half and maybe take this, not dissimilarly to how Pacific won the final last season. I yeah. think so. For Forge, it's going to be about taking those chances if and when they fall, and then for Ottawa, it's going to be about making sure that you know they stick to what's worked for them all this year. I think that they didn't feel that they played to the best of their abilities in the second leg yesterday, uh, so they're going to try and sharpen that up. Uh, they'll get a Spejo back. We'll we'll see if Drew Becky is a, is available. He's uh he's got quite the shiner on his eye after after that hit in the box. I guy. Uh, saw him this morning, and then he was it was still pretty puffed up but we'll see um yeah. but aside from that I, I think yeah it will be basically a coin flip i don't think i could pick one at this moment
5: no it's gonna be tough that's on the pitch off the pitch what we know is is gonna be you know ten thousand plus in the crowd Forger taking a ton they've got their own yeah. section we know what you can bring ottawa it's gonna be fantastic we can't wait to come and see you it's gonna be a terrific festival of soccer all weekend um we can't thank you guys enough. I know there's so many of you here in the chat right now, particularly Ottawa fans. Aaron, Otto, see you all this weekend. Tom, no, Thomas, the York fan, I remember that guy. But you know, hopefully he'll come too. Come drive down to the 401. Come to watch the game. This is going to be fantastic. Um, Eddie, great to see you. Love the passion. Thanks for everything you guys do for the Canadian Premier League. And uh, we will see you on Sunday at six o'clock Eastern. Remember the game live on One Soccer. Before that, of course, we'll be in Ottawa, ready on Friday night, seven o'clock for the awards. Saturday, match day minus one. All this week, both written and video. Um, my all star team here will be producing so much work. So hopefully, you'll enjoy all of that as well. Atletico Ottawa against Forge Sunday to be the CPL champions of 2022. We end the show this week thinking about a man who lifted the trophy last year he will not get to do that this year but jamar dixon who's had a wonderful career An Ottawa guy came back to Ottawa and in the end played his final game of a professional. Here's Charlie catching up with him at the end of this one. We thank you, Jamar. We congratulate you on a fantastic season and a fantastic career. We know more to come for you in this game. Congratulations on that. Thanks to Benedict. Thanks to Charlie. Thanks to AGR and, of course, Mitchell and, of course, everybody else for joining in and Alejandro Diaz as well. Uh, So sit back, enjoy Jamar's chat with Charlie, and we'll see you in Ottawa.
2: I'm joined now by Jamar Dixon, captain of Pacific FC. Uh, Jamar, that's not how you wanted to see out this career, but you know it was a tremendous one—more than 10 years in the professional game. Uh, it's got to be a lot going through your mind right now.
8: Yeah, like you said, it's—I uh, mean, you never want to finish this way, but um, I mean, it is what it is, right? You just gotta—you gotta take it and roll with it. Uh, some games go your way, some games don't. So. Uh, I'm grateful for, uh, for the career I've had, and uh, I'm happy with, with how the boys performed, and uh, I wish them the best.
2: Uh, you know, Before we touch on the bigger picture, just today, there's got to be a lot for you to be proud of as a member of the Pacific team. You guys definitely made it yeah. competitive right to the end, eh?
8: Yeah, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to make it difficult for the other team, but we also wanted just to score goals and, and put the pressure on them. And I thought that's exactly what we did in the first half. Um, I thought we were, we, were, we were dominant in the first half, uh, but we know how Ottawa play and we know they can get a chance out of nothing, right? And uh, that's exactly what happened. So, again, if we put more of our chances away, uh, it's, it's a different story, but, uh, but we didn't, so that's just how the game goes.
2: We're here in Ottawa. You're from Ottawa. You've played here before. Um, I think you had some friends and family here to, yeah. to watch you. Uh, that has to have meant a lot as well, though.
8: No, the, the, the friends, family, they've been here from day one, right? Since I was a little kid uh playing in ottawa to me going abroad you know so uh, i'm just i'm grateful for their support and I'm, I'm so thankful for them
2: i would guess it probably hasn't quite hit you yet that you know it's it's over
8: yeah i mean yeah I, I thought i think about it i've already thought about it i thought about mm-hmm. it on the bench um yeah but you still gotta enjoy enjoy the night uh you mm-hmm. just enjoy enjoy what the game has given to me uh and just continue to just reminisce on the positive things so mm-hmm. It's not over yet. It's just, uh, it's just a transition to something different.
2: You mentioned something different. I don't want to ask you to give away any specifics, yeah. but you know what's immediate. What's immediately coming up next for you? Just spend time with family.
8: Yeah, that's that's the next thing. Take some time, relax with the fams, uh, regroup, mm-hmm. uh, and then see what's next in the future.
2: Absolutely. Well, Jamar, I can't thank you enough for doing this, and congratulations on a career. No, thank you so much. Yeah.
8: All right.